He spoke about the hope of a coming salvation for ancient mankind. Came through ancient prophets, through Holy Writ, from Genesis through to Malachi, and hope came into our hopeless world through prophetic promise that there would be a time when a Savior would come. And then into that Bethlehem story came a Savior. And we've just set aside a few Wednesday nights to remind ourselves about the hope of salvation. A hopeless world, the world that we live in, has always been hopeless. A hopeless world is the world that we are a part of every single day. But in a hopeless world that was in Jesus' time, it mirrored a hopeless world in our time. And if there was ever a world that needed a message of hope, it's ours. Someone say, my world. My world needs hope today. Your world needs hope today. I, I don't know if you've chatted with anybody about any situations or circumstances that they are walking through, but you only have to talk to a few people for a little while to find out that they need some hope. <clears throat> whether it's the headlines in our news, whether it's uh, what we're walking through as a world right now, our world needs hope. But God has always had a promise of hope for a hopeless world. The angel of the Lord declared to shepherds in Luke chapter 2. He said, fear not. We could stop right there and preach for a while, couldn't we? Fear not. Fear not about what's coming down the pipe. Fear not about whatever you read in the Daily Gleaner. Fear not. Fear not of whatever came up in Apple News. Fear not. Fear not. Regardless of what's happening around us, there is a greater God in control of this world today. And so the message echoes down through Luke 2 into our time. And that word still comes and says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Our hopeless world still needs a message of hope. The hope of salvation still needs to come. It may have come through an angel to shepherds, but tonight our world needs to have a hope come from the church into a hopeless cir circumstance, into a hopeless world. Someone has got to say, fear not, for behold, I'm bringing good tidings of great joy. In the midst of all of the calamity, in the midst of all of the uncertainty, we have the opportunity to be the people with great joy. We still have that opportunity that in the midst of great sorrow, a uh, pastor was kind of forwarding some, some facts and stats this week about the impact of COVID-19 on our world and how many people have died. And in the midst of all of those statistics, can a church still have great joy? I've come to remind us tonight that we can still have good tidings of great joy to all people. We still can be the people with a glad tiding today in the midst of great calamity. Someone shout, fear not, would you? Why? Why? It gives us the answer in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. We still have got to preach the message of the hope of salvation. Amen. Amen, Pastor Jack. With fear abounding, we need hope. With fear abounding, we need a little good news. With fear abounding, someone has got to step on the stage of our time and say, Fear not! 
Someone has still got to step out and say, you don't have to live in fear. Do we have to be concerned? Yes. Do we have to be careful? Absolutely. But do we have to live in fear? Absolutely not. God's word still comes and says, fear not. I think sometimes we forget about what we've got. We've got to stand in the hope of fear not. We've got to stand in the position of I shall not fear. It doesn't matter what's coming my way. It doesn't matter who's coming my way. I'm going to rest in the fact that I don't have to fear I don't have to fear we need a this day message with fear abounding we need a savior we need everything that the angel talked about we need that today we need the hope of salvation so last week we talked a little bit about the hope that was coming to ancient humanity the hope of salvation coming tonight I want to talk a little bit about the hope that salvation brings salvation's not the hope of salvation, but the salvation that you have because, or the hope that you have because you have salvation. You possess a hope that the world does not have. You possess a promise that, that the world doesn't know anything about. You've got it in your spirit. You've got hope. But it's easy to get caught in the echo of, of what's happening in our world and it's easy to get caught in all the rhetoric and it's easy to get caught in, in the fear and it's easy to get caught in all that. Can I just remind us today, you've got hope. Salvation brings you hope. Paul said, whether I live or whether I die, it doesn't really matter. It's all in God's hands. I still have the hope of a promise beyond this life. I've got hope today. It doesn't matter. When you get a bigger perspective, when you get the, the eyes that God has, when you see life the way that God sees life, you don't have to fear. You can live in that place of great hope. Someone say today, I, I never did totally understand the kids who, kids who got gifts. Wait, I better ask. Were you the kind of child that when you got a present at Christmas time, you didn't open it? I mean, or sorry, when you, when you got a toy at Christmas time, you opened the gift, but you didn't open the toy? It's kind of like you were just glad to have it in the box. I never did understand those children. I thought the whole idea about getting a gift was so you can enjoy the gift. Some people, the enjoyment that they, they got was just out of having the gift. Having the gift and showing you the gift that nobody was going to play with. Look at this. My parents bought me an Atari 2600. Wow, let's play with it. No. I want to leave it in the box. Isn't it nice? That's beautiful. Let's play with it. No. You know, they get a, a new remote control car. Wow, I love remote control cars. Like that. When we were kids, I loved those. No, I'm going to keep it in the box. I, I got a new skateboard, but we're not going to play with the skateboard. I got a new bicycle, but we're not going to drive the bicycle. Got, got a new car. Now, some people still do it now. They got a new car. They're not going to use their car. I know people. I, I know. I know people's, people's names of people that had vehicles and didn't use them. I won't tell you about my father-in-law. <laughs> he bought it. <laughs> he bought. He bought a used Jeep Rubicon. He loved his loved the Jeep. Loved it. So excited about it. But he's kind of he's modest. He didn't want people to think that he had all this money. So he said, "I put my hat on and my sunglasses. I go for a drive through town." 
Well, you got to understand, McAdams, 1,200 people on a good day. With all the tourist attractions open and selling pie at the railroad station. You get 1,200 people in McAdam, you're doing good. And they were all wondering, who has the Jeep? Who's the guy in the Jeep? And Terry drive down through town. And he'd go back home, open the garage, pull the garage, shut the door, take his hat off, his sunglasses. He was chuckling. He's like, these people, people laughing about, wondering who was driving the Jeep in town. <clears throat> Anyhow. Just take it out on a little drive on Sunday. That kind of, anybody, like, 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 I never did understand that. I, I, I like that when, when I got something, I got to use it. Today. Today, today. Could it, be, could it be that we are the ones that have all the availability of the hope of salvation, but we don't use it today? That we possess it, and we own it, and we have it. But yet we still choose to live in the realm of fear or we still choose to live in the realm of disappointment or we still choose to live in the realm of, you know, I, I'm not satisfied or I'm not happy. When God is saying, hold on a second, church, I've given you hope. You possess hope. You've got it. You've got hope beyond the grave. You've got hope for whatever comes your way. You've got the hope of a God that's in control. You've got the hope of a father that loves you more than, than what you could ever imagine. He loves to give good gifts to his children. You have that hope, but we don't live in that hope we miss out on the very thing that God wants to give us and we're discouraged and, and we live in that place of oppression and we live in that place where we allow the enemy to steal the joy and steal the excitement and steal the peace and God's saying no church just live in the hope of salvation I've got you I've got this I've got it all in control it's mine I'm handling it I'm managing it I'm driving this it's all mine you've got come on step into the hope of salvation Glad tidings of great joy. Come on. Own it. Possess it. Live in it. Our world needs someone joyful, hopeful. You'll stand out among the crowd when you say, you know what? I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I know what the headlines say. I know what it looks like on the outside, but I got a little bit of hope on the inside. They said, I just got a feeling. I don't know. It doesn't look good, but I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I'm standing in the hope of salvation. God's got it all in control. Got it all in control. The apostle must have felt a little bit about what we're talking about tonight because he said, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. In vain. God's got this manifold grace that's prepared to be poured out on people. And some people get the grace of God and then they live in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In other words, live in the salvation that God has given you today. Don't just 
Don't just project all your hope into the future. Stand in it today. I've got the hope of salvation today. Newer version said it like this. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now, and today is the day of salvation. It's time, church, for us to stand and celebrate that today is the day of salvation. Right here, right now, in the midst of whatever's happening around us, in the midst of whatever's going on in our world, I'm standing in the hope and in the celebration that God saved me today. Today is the day of salvation. I've got history. I've I've got promise. I've got possession right now. I've got future. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to live in the hope of right here, right now. I'm going to celebrate what God has given me today. I'm going to stand in the hope of salvation today. Someone shout today. Don't put that present on the shelf. The hope of salvation is ours to own today. I, I, hope, I hope we never get bored of the reminder of repentance that comes in service. I hope we never get bored about the reminder of what God can do through baptism in a service over and over and over again. Because it may be that somebody is hearing it for the very first time, and that day is there today. And they have the opportunity for the hope of salvation to become theirs in that day. So we just pause in the middle of us. We just work it in. We maybe who knows what we're talking about. We may be in the seventh seal of Revelation, but we may say, you know what? But today could be your day. Because one day, that was our day. Anybody remember your day? Anybody remember your day of salvation when God showed up and turned it around? When God called you up out of the miry clay? When God established your feet? When God gave you a, a reason to live and a hope to live for? When, anybody remember that day, what it was like? Anybody remember when God turned it all around? Anybody remember the altar of repentance where you laid it down? In that baptismal tank, you went down in that watery grave and you rose to walk in newness of life. Anybody remember? Anybody remember? It brought hope. You walked out a way different than the way that you came in. Because that's what happens in salvation. The hope, the hope, the hope that comes. We need to own it. Because the devil wants to steal it. It's one of the seeds that pastor talked about. The bird just wants to come in and take it away from you. But you can own it. you got to grab it and bring it back. And say, I'm owning the hope today. It's mine. I'm, I'm standing in hope today. I'm celebrating the hope today. I feel the Holy Ghost when we begin to talk about the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation isn't just anticipation. If you've received salvation, you have hope. It's got to be a declaration. It's your declaration of salvation. I have hope. I've got hope. It's what happens in your spirit when you realize that salvation's in your possession. It's, it's your declaration. I, I've got hope. I know I, I've got it. I've, I've got hope. Hope. Hope comes with salvation. So if, if you're feeling a little hopeless, step back and say, I'm saved and I know that I am. Just sending a word of warning out to the enemy. I'm saved and I know that I am. I'm, send, 
I'm sending a memo to the, uh, come on, here's a letter for the devil. I'm saved and I know that I am. Exclamation mark, period, underneath parenthesis. And I've still got hope. Close the bracket. Come on, we've got hope today. We've got hope. I've got hope. It's salvation's declaration. I've got hope. It was in that, that hopeless world that salvation came. God works in such a paradoxical way to our way. He came through the impossibility of the virgin womb. He came as a baby to that little town of Bethlehem. He came through the unexpected pathway of the manger. And here he was, God on the scene. That God that John spoke about in one and one in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. God, God, huge, majestic, omnipotent God. Verse 14 said, and the word was made flesh. And that word came into that tiny, fragile frame. And the omnipotent was housed in this house of flesh. The almighty God, and he said, and dwelt among us. But then John said, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It came in such an unexpected way. The hope came in such an unlikely package. Salvation shows up sometimes in such an unexpected manner. And God is wanting us to manage our expectation of salvation sometimes. Because what we're expecting doesn't measure up to, uh, it, 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 reality doesn't measure up to our expectation. And, and we're left kind of in this place of hopelessness. You know what I'm talking about. We're, anybody do any online shopping this year? Anybody not do any online shopping this year? A couple of you. Anybody, um, anybody ever experienced the what I ordered was not what I got? <laughs> I had an, uh, we had an Apple TV here at the church. And uh, it's just, sorry to clarify, it's an... I'm not in my notes, so I better get back to my notes. It's like a miniature computer that allows you to stream things to your, specifically your phone, mirror it, screen. So uh, we, were <coughs> we were missing a, a remote for that. So I ordered an Apple TV remote from Amazon.com. And uh, it looked like it would be the right thing. The original Apple remote is so, Apple does such a great job packaging their things and, and manufacturing their things that, that the original remote is, you know, about the size of three credit cards stacked together and just nice and you kind of, in your thumb, you kind of click it. And, and so this looked a little bit like that. So I was taken in. Click, one, one click purchase. And it's on the way. And a few weeks later, in some wrapping from the other side of the world. <laughs> it comes. 
So the original, the original was something kind of like that. Something like that thick. This was like a times three. So what he expected to kind of fit in the, your hand, now you're like, not what you expected. I had to manage my expectations a little bit. Because what I ordered was not what I got. Well, sometimes I think we put our order in on salvation. And, and then when it doesn't come the way that we expected. I, I will clarify, it did work. The remote did work. It worked fine. And I sold it on Kijiji to somebody else with, <laughs> with, the, with the disclaimer. Sometimes we've got to manage our expectations a little bit because salvation comes in the unexpected package of life that we live in. And we get so focused on everything that's not going the way that we want it that we end up hopeless when we are the people that should have the most hope of anybody. Because we have the hope of salvation. Salvation may not have come the way that Israel wanted it to. They may have wanted a king swooping in on a flaming chariot to topple the Roman opposition. That would be wonderful. But Isaiah had declared it unto us a child is born. Housed in the frame of humanity comes salvation. Unto us a son is given. And if that was what was said, it would be so hmm, disappointing. Except that this wasn't just an ordinary baby. And this wasn't just an ordinary human being. Because Isaiah went on and said, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And then we get into it. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So in the beginning, you'd have to manage your expectation a little bit. Mary... Manage your expectations. Joseph, manage your expectations. Israel, manage your expectations because salvation's coming in an unexpected package. It's coming uh, in an unexpected mode. It's coming in an unexpected. Just not the way you wanted it to come. But hope was here. For 30 years, he's quiet, other than that time in the temple when he was about his father's business. So by the time he gets to the age of his ministry, Mary has had, she's had enough. We can come back to the music. It's, it's the wedding of Cain of Galilee. The wine's run out, and so is Mary's patience. And it says, in the third day, at that marriage in Cain of Galilee, the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I think she just kind of realized, you know, salvation is here. Today, today's the day, right now. Not, not later, now. I'm going to embrace the hope of salvation now. And Jesus, he... You know, he, he obviously observes her faith and maybe even steps out of, out of time and out of line. He said, my hour is not yet come. 
But he says unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not from whence it was, that the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, said unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Not just water made wine, but water made into the best wine happened because Mary said, you know, I'm just going to seize this day, this hope of salvation that's here in my midst. It was ancient literature that posed the term carpe diem, Latin for uh, seizing the day, I guess, in our vernacular, if you wanted to translate it, made popular by modern poets and t-shirts but to seize the day it's it's in the poetic writings of the past but more than that it's in the scripture that we read Ephesians 5 and verse 15 it's not in Latin but it's there it's see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil seize the day take advantage of salvation's opportunity today. Seize the day. Redeem the time. The days are evil, so grasp it, grab it, get it. It's yours. Own it. Don't miss out on the moment that God has created us for. Embrace the hope of salvation. Embrace it. It's Jesus' instructions to believers in Luke 21. He's encouraging them not to quit. He's it's basic instructions before leaving earth that he's giving to his disciples. And he said unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from the heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands upon you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and prisons. And being brought before kings and rulers for my namesake. And it shall be, sorry, it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed by both parents and brethren and kinfolk and friends. And wow. Just about ready to call, call it quits and throw in the towel. But he says, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death and... Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. And then this verse on, on the end of that discourse. He says this, he says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. That in the midst of all this, he says, don't give up. You still have the hope of salvation. If Jesus could give that instruction to disciples who were going to have to engage that kind of tyranny and that kind of uh, betrayal, that kind of challenge in living their lives for God, if he could tell them in the midst of all that, he just kind of lays it all out. Great struggle, great challenge, great opposition, great hatred, great, come on, it's all there, but he said, but he said, in your patience, Possess ye your souls. 
if I could translate it for the, the message that he was saying, but don't lose the hope of salvation. It's still yours. Regardless of what, come on, if, if we could just realize, regardless of what we face here on earth, we still have the hope of salvation. How would it change the way that we walk into tomorrow? How would it change the way that we live our lives this week? How would it change the way that we engage our co community or we engage the, our friends or the people that we're around? How would we change if we embrace the hope of salvation? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Come on, in your patience possess ye your souls. Regardless of what we're walking through, get your mind made up. I've got my hope. My hope's in salvation. My hope isn't what's happening in my world. My hope isn't what's happening in my bank account. My hope isn't what's happening with the doctor's report. My hope doesn't rest in any of that. My hope is in salvation. current season they call it the advent it's the days in anticipation of the celebration of christmas the weeks preceding december the 25th i heard kathy chuckling in the living room she said uh I said what are you laughing at she said oh someone's got a picture here it says according to my chocolate advent calendar it's december the 23rd said the word chocolate but how often have we just ate our days away looking for the future and missing out on the moment that God has given us because if we have a hope of salvation we have the hope residing in our spirit we are going to walk in such a way that the world is either going to wonder if we're crazy or we've got something they need maybe a little bit a both. I don't know. Because I guess when you're living smack dab in the middle of life, it's so easy to become impatient. We can be impatient with our spiritual progress. We can be impatient with the enemy's consistent and insistent attacks. We can be impatient with sickness and suffering. And we can be impatient with waiting for the imminent return of Christ. We can just get impatient. But let me just slip back to that verse that Jesus gave us in your patience possess ye your souls someone say I've got it I've got it this little light of mine I've got it you've got the hope of salvation I, I would you just take a deep breath in and then shout out those three single syllable words I've got it I've got it I've got it you see because if our gospel be hid it's hid to them that are lost. The people in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'll skip down. The apostle said, but we, verse 7, but we, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I've got it you've got it 
you've got the hope of salvation. So light somebody's way. You've got the hope of salvation. So leave a candle in the window. Let somebody see that light in your life. You've got the hope of salvation. So show somebody the hope that resides within you. Against the backdrop of hopelessness, that light will shine. You've got the hope. You've got the hope that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is so powerful that it can change any and every life that it encounters. You've got that hope. So we can share it. Let your light so shine. God is powerful. So preach it. Gospel is salvation. So preach it. It's yours. You have that hope today. Could we stand and lift our hands and thank God?